0: Getting paid has become dramatically more complex for growing software companies. You've got to manage different currencies, new payment methods, changing regulations, tax regimes, failed payments, and fraud. Payment stacks built piece by piece grow unruly and force SaaS companies to waste time and money on updates and integrations. Paddle is the only complete payments infrastructure for SaaS companies. Paddle handles all of your payment processing, tax collection, and compliance. Invoicing, subscription management, renewals, reporting, and fraud protection globally. With Paddle, you'll grow faster and enjoy the journey more. Visit Paddle.com to find out more. Find those people that you personally feel that
1: can do way better work than you do if you will give your best in their role. It's very challenging. I'm not saying that I I, the best in everything, but you know, I'm giving my heart and really try to think out of the box and make things just walk in a very strict deadline. And you need to find those people that you can trust them to lead the way, just show them the direction and trust that they will know how to navigate and take you there.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SASTOC, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth, and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today, and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, uh, Mayeron Gallis, uh, co-founder and CEO of SkyTel. Welcome, Mayeron. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to great to have you on the podcast. Um, uh, looks like you've got a great office there. Where are you? Uh, where are you dialing in from?
1: Um, right now, I'm in the central center of Tel Aviv, Israel, and it's a sunny day outside. So um, I wish you could see the view, but it's really yeah. very nice today.
0: Very, very cool. Is it, is it not always a sunny day in Tel Aviv, or have I got that wrong? Yeah, you know, it, it used to be,
1: but actually this month it was pretty cold over here. Um, but yeah, it's a sunny place. Israel is a very sunny place. Uh, we love the sun, the heat, so yeah. pretty warm over here.
0: Yeah, uh, and, a, and a great uh, SAS hub uh, as well. Uh, I think yeah. I saw, uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, maybe a report from Axel, that was saying London, Paris and Tel Aviv kind of the main hubs, sort of, you know, in Europe and sort of the uh, Middle East sort of area. Um, so a lot of great companies, uh, you know, coming out of, uh, of Tel Aviv uh, uh, as well. Um, uh, uh, That's which is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, 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 good stuff. And, and, and uh, I think, like I mentioned as well before we recording, um, I've been to Tel Aviv once when we did SAS the Contour. I want to say like, I want to say 2018, but I, I, I can't be 100%, uh, but we had a great time and uh, uh, a, lo- a lot of great food, good weather, um, met some great people uh, as well. So, so that was good fun. In fact, we had, um, we had one of the co-founders of Gong speak at our event back when they were, probably nobody heard of them, I think in 2018. I mean, oh, wow. That, that's not so long ago. If you look yeah. at them now, I mean they're, they're a, a huge unicorn uh, uh, right now, um, and I'm, I'm sure we had some others on uh, uh, as well. But uh, I, I remember the the Gong co-founder there. But um, but uh, that's back that's to nice. present day uh, and to the podcast. Uh, Mayran, tell us a little bit about you uh, as a person. Um, you know, to kind of kick off the uh, the podcast. Uh, who is Mayran Gallus?
1: Yeah, um, interesting question. Um... Merranggaliis, you know, just a regular guy from from Tel Aviv. Um, I very friendly, very curious uh, for nature. Usually I, I tend to find what I love in everything I do. and uh, maybe this is why I'm also uh, doing compliance, which can be very boring for some people, uh, but just the path of my life took me over there and that's that's how I got over here. Um, I think very, very in general, uh, after I uh, released from the Army, the um, Army is mandatory over in Israel, just traveled the world, started my bachelor degree in science, and started my path at uh, EY uh, in the technology risk department. I uh, audited, consulted uh, mainly SaaS companies, technology companies, uh, based in Israel and in the United States. Uh, and after doing this for more than 100 companies, uh, I, I thought that, that there is something that could be done better, um, and this is in a in a very briefly about myself.
0: Very uh, very cool, and uh, and so I guess as you're saying from your time at uh, Ernst Young, uh, working with these hundred SaaS and and technology companies, uh, from that you you know you've gotten the idea of you know how to improve. Uh, something how to improve processes around doing compliance and uh, you know taking that and you know created Skytail. but tell us a little bit more a bit more in depth in terms of the founding story apart from found you know getting the idea you know how did you actually you know found the company and meet the co-founders you know what what did the that kind of journey look like Uh, any obstacles and challenges that you you kind of had to overcome in you know, in that uh, initial period? Yeah, sure. So um, I started my journey in
1: 2018. Um, I was a junior working at Ernst & Young That was my first start with SaaS companies. And I had to learn very quickly uh, technology after my uh, bachelor degree. Um, but what actually works uh, in startups like tools, uh, architectures, methodologies, information security, and etc. cetera. Um, and that was uh, the beginning of my journey. And I got to meet great people, mainly chief technology officers and, and chief uh, information security officers in companies. And after I'm doing this, time after time, I really get an in-depth, uh, very comprehensive understanding about companies' posture, uh, culture, procedures, policies, and what works and what doesn't work for them. And, you know, compliance. It's no one really like compliance. Maybe it might be funny, but when I, come to, uh, to audit, when I was come to audit companies, um, you know, it was a very stressful situation. It's complex. It's time consuming. Um, they need to prove their uh, effectiveness of controls over a period of time and spending lots of time. It might be also hundreds of hours that they need to spend on compliance instead of, of building a, a product building the architecture, making sales. And I guess experience from first touch, um, the frustration I had, those people add. Um, in, in managing everything, it's, it's very complex. You need to understand that companies actually need to collect hundreds of pieces of evidence. They need to do, um, to check and, and, and implement procedures monthly, um, quarterly, semi-annually, and manage this for it's very, very uh, challenging. So, um, with this perspective, after speaking with um, many people from the industry, and after being an auditor myself, I know the auditor work, building all of these work papers, controls, um, testing procedures internally, producing the final report. Um, in a nutshell, I was doing mainly managing SOC2 reports. SOC2 is a standard that is very familiar in the United States market. Uh, uh, SaaS companies with a B2B model that has business activity in the United States most likely will need SOC 2. This is the gold standard for SaaS companies making business and enabling and boosting sales in the U.S. market. Now, because many companies based in Israel aiming for the U.S. market, it was it, it became very, s- super relevant actually. So we had a 10-time growth over a period of three years. And with this perspective that this is a very growing a highly growing market, big companies and enterprising migrate into the cloud, uh, startups and new companies already uh, established all the infrastructure in the cloud. So it was very exponential growth uh, with the demand and also time consuming. Um, you know, it's consuming It's taking companies from focusing on product development on sales, on hiring and funding to do something that might be not in the best of their interest to, to spend those hours on. So with this perspective, I established AITEL uh, AI. And the beginning it was myself. I was designing the uh, product uh, documentation and the infrastructure and architecture. And afterwards I recruited a CTO. It took me three and a half months um, to find this guy. Uh, it was from the best technology unit in the Israel, uh, uh, Israeli uh, army. He um, was already a team, a, a team lead in a, another startup, so I pulled him in. I brought another product manager, uh, also uh, uh, worked in my team at EY, and she's great. And also, I find another very, very talented person. Her name is Adar, and she was the uh, director of customer success. She was actually escorting those companies. And that was the first team in which we established the company. And I also um, partnerized with uh, our investors uh, based in, in the UK, South Africa. And basically, it's a big rec tech compliance uh, uh, group. And because we are doing security compliance, I guess it was good fit within their portfolio. Um, so this is um, how we start.
0: Uh, awesome. Uh, and can you share some, a bit of data on the business, too, like where you, you mentioned this is the, the first team. How many people are you now? Uh, are you bootstrapped or have you raised venture capital uh, that you mentioned investors there? Any other metrics that you can share uh, around your, your kind of growth over uh, you, you know, the last year or so? Yeah, sure. So like
1: we established at the right the December 2020. Um, I was all by myself um, in, and in 24 of March, 2021, the first employee the second employee of the company and the CTO joined the company. And since then we grew intensively, we raised money and we've brought more than 50 customers so far um, in, in which we are scouting for the security compliance that can be SOC 2, ISO 27001 and other kinds of security certifications. Uh, We're growing very very fast and these days in keeping improving the product uh, we are about uh, to be 35 people in the company uh, spread through Israel, um, and South Africa Johannesburg South Africa and Europe and, and also the US. So this is our current focus and we keep expanding I. Personally, I very believe in, in in globalization and remote work. So we try to find unique people from different cultures because diversity is something that that I think is very important in in the company.
0: How did you find, so you got 50 customers, how did you find that first paying customer that wasn't like the contact of the investor or, you know, I don't know, some sort of friends or something like that? Yeah, you know, so the first one,
1: actually, it was, uh, it was someone that heard that I left EY. It was I was auditing his company in the beginning, a while back, and he just asked me if today I, I, I no longer work in EY, maybe I can assist on their side. And that was great because I knew the auditor side, I knew their frustration, but I get the opportunity in, in, into doing this uh, at first hand by myself. And I understand how working with Excel, creating basically 80 folders, harnessing stakeholders within the company. I learned a lot from this process and we also implement everything in the product. Now, you know, it just was like a snowball. Second customer actually tried to pull me to be the uh, director of compliance in his company. And so we met, I told him about my venture and then uh, I... uh, I showed uh, him, uh, maybe he can just be another customer and he will get very personalized um, and, and support and he he go with it. And that was the second customer. And then, you know, just people was friends. It was a satisfied customer that recommended for their friends. It was previous uh, people that they met at EY and They're their own friends, establishing new ventures and startups. So they showed them, look, there is a guy, he's a very good in SOC too, and security compliance for startups. You definitely should speak with him. And then it just very grow. Actually, in the first year, and by February, we didn't invest any money on sales or marketing, none. It was everything basically just on, on connections and people that organically came to our websites.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And and so you mentioned um, I think to like earlier about like if a Israeli company is uh, going to the US, which is the typical path. Sometimes I think uh, Israel kind of skips Europe and goes straight to the US uh, when they're looking to kind of you know scale uh, internationally. But you're saying that they need to stop to compliance to be able to sell in the US. Uh, and what and it, what about in Europe? I mean, I'm a kind of compliance newbie, right? So. Um, you can have give me the book Compl- Compliance for Dummies, uh, and uh, you, you know I, hopefully I'll un- understand that. But so, but like, why should a SaaS startup, like let's say in Europe, need to look at compliance? Do it? Does every SaaS startup need to think about compliance, or you know have some sort of compliance? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, it, it, it
1: didn't used to be like that <laughs> ten years ago. Ten years ago, compliance was a thing that only corporates and big companies had to do and startup just went uh, below the radar. But today, in the new world, uh, which cloud doctrine is only growing, and your your customers' data is actually your customers' customer data, and your vendors and, and that holding in your data actually spreading this data to his vendors, and you know it's like a big chain. And and the thing of building trust in this endless technology-based well, this is something that um, people think and just uh, and kind of security certification, I will split it out because you have all the privacy regulation. For example, the GDPR is very, very, uh, um, everyone knows the GDPR in Europe and everyone, every company worldwide that want to do business in Europe and has some business activity over there. Um, and security certification, for example, ISO 27, ISO 27001, this is much more relevant for the European markets. Um, so we can definitely see companies that aim to do sell, to make sales in Europe, will seek for the ISO 27001. They will at least going to start with it. While companies that aim into selling in the United States will go more into the SOC 2, type 2 uh, uh, examination. Now, many companies will go for both because they have both customer both in Europe and in the United States. And most likely they will also need to follow with the uh, GDPR um, regarding privacy. And, you know, this is really just, it's growing and growing all the time because if a company is actually, um, has, like their product is in the healthcare industry, they might need to follow up also with the HIPAA or high certification. If they're doing payments processing, they might need to follow with the PCI DSS. And it's growing because we soon, I believe personally, that we're going to see this also based not only by regions or by industries, but also based on technologies. We see a, a big adoption and new inventors in the blockchain, um, in banking, in insurance. We see um, autonomous vehicles. We see AI engines that can autonomously uh, get a, a, a decision that have implication about people regular life. So all of this requiring to build trust, requiring compliance. Compliance is usually lagging behind technology. uh, But it's closing the gaps. It's closing the gaps. And every startup in beginning of his way need to also consider as part of his business plan which market he plan to penetrate. And then he need to understand what are the relevant closed regulations and market required standards in order for him to succeed. And, uh, uh, and make sales and enable sales in this market.
0: It's, it's uh, helped me understand the space uh, a bit better. And I think, uh, whilst don't ask me to name the companies, I have seen a small kind of explosion of, uh, you know, more SaaS based compliance, uh, you know, companies and products uh, emerge, uh, you know, in the, in the last 12 months, including Skytel, uh, you know, of, of course. Yeah. Um, and tell us about then about like the last 12 months, what have what have you been focused on, and what has the company been focused on uh, to help you know build and grow the business? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. You know, in the beginning, uh,
1: I was focusing I, the iron good people. Beginning, it was technology people, CTO and developers and engineers building the product. I do have um, background in uh, in uh, information systems. But um, I needed someone that has a real experience working and developing products and companies. So establishing the the first R&D team, that was my first challenge. And afterwards, also um, writing the product requirement documentation and to understand what we're going to do. I knew what I knew for me, why that was my experience and my intuition. I understand the benchmark in the market. I made lots of customers interviews. And accumulating all of this information, I put it on paper um, and actually start writing and designing uh, how I want the product to look like with diagrams, with, with text, with everything, with user story and epics and et cetera. Um, that was the first challenge. Now I continue taking customers, but not everything was automated back in the days. So I had to um, back it up with some manual work that was done by information security experts. So I needed to find those experts that also believe in our vision. So it was in the beginning um, and trans- uh, transform, a, a, let's say, a consulting firm into a, a digitally technology company, and that was the first step: finding the people, establishing the R and D. Afterwards and um, keep finding customers um, and give them the best service that we can, both through technology and our uh, advisory expertise, and basically uh, gaining their trust and taking the approach that every customer is like our first customer, and we do commit for his success. We don't only want to give him something that might help, help him through his compliance journey, but we do very aim ourselves for results. And we understand his timeline, what his business is, and what's right for him. So um, I think in the first 12 months, the beginning it's definitely the product, establishing the R&D team and afterwards the product team. And afterwards, the, in my case, it was the compliance success team. And we keep understanding and implementing procedures and routines and see what works for your company. Um, you know, there are endless ways a company can, can work, and I just got to see more and more um, possibilities, options, and that was the main focus in the first 12 months. Um, we actually didn't, I personally didn't aim to get dozens of customers in the first year. I thought maybe only two or three design partners, but it, just seems to work, and it actually helped us to become better because it, was, it wasn't it was the case that I just imagined something and then I created him and someone needs to test it and tell me, give me his feedback. Everything was done in, in real time. I get feedback on a daily basis from real customer using the product. So that was um, priceless. And I think this is one of the reasons why customer and love our product logics and the business logic we try to implement to make it as simple as possible. For people that need to go for security compliance, but they don't have the time. They don't have sometimes the experience or the knowledge. And in many cases, they also don't really have the will into learning in depth about compliance, internal controls and and testing procedure of controls and etc. So that
0: was really helpful. can you give me, yeah. uh, I know you have sort of you know, given uh, through uh, some of the conversation, but uh, a specific example of one thing that worked really well uh, and one thing that maybe didn't work so well that you tried you know, in the last 12 months, whether it's like in product or marketing or sales, like, I don't really mind, but something you know, as a business that you, you, you tried and, and something that really worked and something that didn't.
1: All right. Yeah, that's that's a very good question. Um, So let me think. I think that in a sense of maybe R&D, we try to uh, narrow, like we try to focus and doing many things in a short period of time. And after all, it's got back to us because you know this is like the uh, 20-80 percent uh, percent rule. So we did 20%, which was essential for the product to operate very fast. So we could bring fast value for the customer but on the other end the amount of bugs that we received after multiple dozens of companies using the product just hold us back through um actually achieving what we planned in a a certain period of time and so understanding what is critical for the customer and it down to the minimum value valuable product and try to get to some some baseline which a customer would be a, a willing to pay on this product or feature and then walk around it because you need to bring fast value in the beginning and, and you also need to focus. Don't spread around, put in too many features because too many customers asking for, for too many different stuff. It can be different integrations, different uh, um, core features. So you should really test and understand what you want yourself and also I think that the fact that we got a, a product, a director of product, that she, um, she was a domain expert in the field and she had the technology uh, instincts. And um, so it really helped. It was a big uh, question in the beginning. I was thinking if I want to bring a domain expert in which I trust, but without the product experience or whether I prefer to bring a very experienced product, but I will need to teach him the whole domain. So personally, I believed in the first option. It worked for me, um, but every company—I I would guess—it's different. Um, so that's regarding uh, this uh, how it worked for me.
0: And if we look for the the next twelve months, what are the, what are let's say some of the things that you're focusing on? Key strategic initiatives that you're focusing ahead on, looking ahead at the future.
1: So yeah, that's very interesting because now we are also starting with marketing and sales. Uh, we do want to, to, build, to build a scale, scale company um, in order for us, allowing us to actually take care of hundreds of customers at the same time, giving them both great uh, a, a compliance success advisory and giving them the best technology with the minimum amount of bugs. Um, so keep focusing on the product and on the technology. That will keep be the number, number one priority um and looking at keep looking at our customers feedback and continuously implement, implementing this in the product because this is really the only reason uh, for our existence if customers would love our product if our product is going to be great they will want to keep with us because they trust us and if that's not going to be the case it's going to be a very a big problem for us um, so keep focusing on the product and also spreading into new market into the united states and the european market to the united kingdom and this is a place that we uh, um, i'm high looking at, at it uh, also plan to visit in june in um uh, in london um so i would say that that's gonna be the second uh, uh, like the main focus on the next 12 months
0: very cool well do let us know when you're in london and uh uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, meet up uh, in in person uh, uh, for sure. Would be would love uh, that. Would be good. If, um, and um, for you as 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 a startup CEO, what has been your like say biggest challenges? Uh, would you say uh, in, in in being a startup CEO? Finding great people that you can give them the
1: missions that you needed to do before you brought them but find those people that you personally feel that can do way better work than you do if you will give your best in their role. And, you know, it's, it's very challenging. Um, I'm not saying that I eat the best in everything, but, you know, I'm giving my heart and really try to think out of the box and make things just work and, and in a very strict deadline. And you need to find those people that you can trust them to lead the way, just show them the direction, show them the direction and trust that they will know how to navigate and take you there. Um, this is critical thing uh, in, in every startup, I think. Second is time. Um, you need, I needed to get decisions fast. You know, and decision is on a daily basis and from multiple departments, from marketing, sales, R&D, product, compliance support, and et cetera, finance, um, you know, it can be um, examining potential vendors. You want to examine a few vendors on the one end and get the best price and best package that you can. On the other end, if it's going to take too much time, that might be a constraint for the for the uh, business development because you might miss some things in the future. So I say you need to um, uh, um, try fast, get fast decision, and if you're wrong, try to fix them fast. But don't take too long too much time just to make the decision um so decide fast and fix fast that will be my second uh, advice
0: very cool uh, and what about the most rewarding or enjoyable thing uh, about being a ceo so far you know it's it's a very tricky question because that
1: might be one day that you are in the top of the world everything works best the future is just amazing you signed few new customers, you can do great reviews. Um, and another day that it's, it's totally the opposite. Everything is crashing, too many bars, customers might have some complaints. So, um, you know, finding these small moments in which you can just stop and just uh, enjoy the ride and say, I try to, to really do something that I believe in, bringing my vision and changing the world in the way that suits for me, and uh, how I see that the world could be a little bit better uh, for some kind of people in the realm of, of security and compliance and actually building trust and enable them to thrive in this world um, of, of, of amazing ideas in the, um, that they just get seen more and more. Um, so I think this, that, that is one of the thing, just stop, Breed and enjoy the ride because it's very demanding. And you're going to have pressure from multiple places from customers, uh, from employees, from vendors, from investors. And so, you know, managing the pressure and, and believe and be um, just optimistic that everything's going to work out and, and keep a, a
0: workout and play out. Um, what do you uh, What do you do to improve yourself uh, as a CEO? Mm, um, I try always to ask questions
1: um, and not just speak and um, to see what other people think and maybe I might be learn learn something from them. If you brought the right people, so you definitely can learn from them. So listen, listen, and ask questions. That will be number one. And um, second, I will say. Books and mentors and books because there are some uh, and there is a great book. It's called the Out things about the Out things, um, and actually, you know, you can learn a lot from other people's journey. Um, so books always helpful, um, and also mentors, people that that you trust them. That maybe you need to to develop your sales organization, but you never did sales before. So you know, this is just understanding. how the salary works, how target works, timelines, how do you gonna, uh, uh, what is your strategy into penetrating to a certain market? And you will need to understand uh, from everything in the sales strategy, in the marketing strategy, in the product strategy. So, you know, just try to get at least let's say 40% of the information that you can accumulate in order to make the best decision that you can, so um, find those guys that you trust them and that you feel that they are very experienced, and, and try to honest them to to be part of your journey. Um, that will be that will be great. Well,
0: that, that, that's some great advice to, to finish on, uh, Myran, uh, and, and plenty of great advice throughout the conversation. Where can people find uh, Skytail and you online? Um, yeah, so on Google of course, on Google and LinkedIn and uh, G2
1: and everywhere, just type AI, um, and you will get to our website. You will be able to read much more uh, uh, about our uh, product and also just, you know, resources that can... Actually, we try to be informative and educational for also startups and entrepreneurs in the beginning of their way that maybe want to do it themselves. Um, we just want to bring our insights and our knowledge that they will be able to use it. Maybe it's gonna save them some time, put some logics and make some sense into all of these, uh, um, in all of these compliance security, and, and security. And maybe we can also work together. We are always happy to give an advice um, and helping people.
0: Myron Gallis, and CEO of Skytel. Thank you so much for being a guest on the SAS Revolution show today. Thank you very much, Alex. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SAS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SASDOC Doc conferences around the world.